Hi, everyone. You're listening to PR Hangover, a bi-weekly public relations podcast and talk show hosted by Grand Valley State University's PRSSA chapter and me, Hunter Buren. Sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Well, hello. Welcome to the PR Hangover podcast. Today we have Professor Penning. Why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Tim Penning, and I'm a professor here in the Advertising and Public Relations program. Uh, I've been teaching full-time since 2001 in the program, and I'm the coordinator of it now, which is kind of like department chair, but we're in a school, so it's a different structure. But yeah. So I'm kind of responsible for kind of the management of the, of the program. So today we're going to be talking about the program here and um, kind of its background, where it came from. How long has the Advertising and Public Relations program been here at Grand Valley? It goes way back to 1983. That's when we first had a school of communications. Mm -hmm. And that's when it was formed, and uh, Advertising and Public Relations was one of the majors. Originally we had eight major programs. They've kind of changed and merged and split over the years, but um, just recently uh, we were whittled down to four. So photo and film video went to art and theater yeah. went to music and dance, but we're still here in the school with journalism and comm studies and health comm. So STEMI, it stems from the com School of Communications. Why mm -hmm. do we have advertising and public relations for, in the School of Comm rather than the School of Business? Uh, the short answer is that that makes more sense. And uh -huh. if you look at a uh, couple ways to answer that, if you look nationwide, most advertising and public relations programs are in communications because that's the core of what the discipline is academically and professionally. Mm -hmm. About a third of the programs around the country are combined advertising and PR. So a lot of them are broken up. PR is usually in either a journalism department, which I don't like, but that's how it came out because originally PR was sending news releases. Mm -hmm. It's much more than that now, as you know. Um, many of them are in com. Some ad programs, if they're standalone ad programs, might be in a school of business. But even there, most of them are in communication. The reason for that is if you think about you get a job one day and you're sitting in a conference room and you're sitting around the table, if everybody had a business degree, they'd all think the same way. Yeah. The value added of an ad PR person is coming at it from a communication perspective. Um, also, if we went into a school of business, like if we were part of Seedman, how, how might that change the curriculum? You know, they have a different accreditation. Mm -hmm. um, you have problems in the workplace already of encroachment where marketing takes a lot of the ad and PR budget. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, the other thing is just philosophically, like PR versus business. In marketing, your main public is customers, and you have a primary objective, which is sales. But in PR, we reach all kinds of publics, including employees, um, investors, uh, the government, and um, people in the community. Mm -hmm. So you could also argue we should be in the nonprofit sector, you know, the School of Nonprofit and Public Administration, or we should be in political science. Because yeah. a lot of people who go into advertising and PR work in politics or nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a long answer, yeah. but we, we get asked that once in a while. But at the end of the day, most programs around the country are not in business. And then I, it's important for our students to understand business, but they have a lot of choices there depending on what they want to do. So many of my students have a double major 
or they minor in marketing or general yeah. business or take some elective classes over there. Yeah. So. So well, I know we have the full major as advertising and public relations, and we mm-hmm. choose our emphasis, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Why did we decide to have it as a combined major, if you will? Why didn't we split it up into an advertising major and into a public relations major? I don't actually know because I inherited that. I've been here a long time, Uh and that's the way it was when I got here. But when I go to national conferences and talk to people, um, I think we kind of got lucky because many people are saying that's the way it should be because that's more and more the way it is in the workplace. It's integrated communication. I like our model. It gives students a little bit more choice, and, and some of them are forced to take, like if you want to go into advertising, you have to take some PR classes and yeah. some of the same core. Uh, but I talk to alumni all the time that will say later, boy, I'm glad I had that class. And another example is right now I have a corporate communications writing class. It's only for PR emphasis, but I have a student I was walking back from class today who's an ad emphasis. She says, I really like this class because it's, so different than you know, just ad writing and plans book writing. We're doing yeah. all kinds of corporate com writing. And so she says, I'm just broadening what I can do in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And um, in my own experience, I worked in the nonprofit sector, but I wrote ad copy, news releases, media plans, corporate speech, you know, just a lot of, of the things. And so to have that background, um, that breadth is important. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't do the other side, you're going to yeah. work with people, and so you want to understand their point of view on what they do. Mm-hmm. So you've been here for now 17 years, yeah. and the major itself and the School of Com has been here before you. How have you seen it grow over the time that you've been here at the school? Oh, a lot of ways. Uh, first of all, just in size, and part of it is Grand Valley as a university has grown. Mm-hmm. And its reputation has grown. So I think we've had more students just coming to Grand Valley and coming for the right reasons. They want the smaller class size and the affordable tuition and the quality education where you get real professors all four years and not just grad students and things like that. The program itself and advertising and PR, I think we've um, uh, tweaked the curriculum numerous times over the years. So I think it's yeah. gotten better there, including recently. And we you know, had a faculty meeting just today and we're talking about some other options we could have for students either in uh, promoting some electives or even changing some options within the requirements. And so we just continually try to reflect what the best programs around the country are doing, what employers are telling us, and just how the industry is changing. I mean, Mm -hmm. we started CAP 105. I proposed that class in 2004. There was no Twitter. That came around in 2006. And so that class, we purposefully gave it an ambiguous name it used to be a lot of desktop publishing, and we were going to do flip cams and, and vid- video. And they don't even have flip cams anymore. Yeah, That's all moved to phone. And so much of that class now is social media, analytics, SEO. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the program's grown in being very current in a lot of what we do. And the other way that it's grown, Hunter, you know this, is uh, the student organizations. Yeah. Um, I was the advisor of uh, PRSSA from the time I started for about 12 or 13 years. Mm -hmm. And um, Adrian Wallace really does a good job with that now. But it was kind of dead and had a handful of students who would get together. It was really more social than anything else. Yeah. And um, Ad Club was like that for a while, too. And in recent years with Robin Spring and Roy Winnegar before her, um, the number of students involved has grown. And we have a student-run firm, and we bring in really top speakers, and they get involved at the national level at conferences and 
competitions. I mean, our NSAC team was fourth in the country last year, yeah. and several years ago, they were the first time they ever cracked the top 10. So just the quality of our program has, has been growing, too. And I've noticed that a lot, like, in my classes here, that a lot of people are really interested in getting involved. Why do you think the major itself and the students have become more interested in extracurriculars? I think that um, my strategy years ago is that it has to snowball and it has to be a peer influence. Uh-huh. If, if you have a professor who says, hey, you should get involved, and I said that for years, but I, it's kind of like a cat, you know, you, you got, a cat's got to want to think it's their idea. Yeah. And so it took a few students that were just a little more aggressive, you know, there, I, I still remember one of them's now living and working in Taipei, another one, Interesting. yeah, another one lives and works here in West Michigan, it was Doug Clement and Shar Sasanowski, she got married now, has a different last name, but they started Grand PR, and I... Uh-huh. I'd been pushing it and suggesting it for five years, but I wasn't going to do it for them. Yeah. So they started it, and then great. And then I was there to help, and we got people from the community involved, and it was very small. And now look at Grand PR. That's crazy. And the same thing with Ad Club. I think success breeds success, and it became not an idea but a reality. And when it started, you know, and students talk. You know, you you know that students talk yeah. to each other. Um, so we encourage it and enable it, but when they read about it on our social networks or other students talk about it, um, and then they realize that it's not just an extracurricular activity, but it's one that connects you to professionals, something you can put in your portfolio and your resume, it's going to land you a, a good job. Students are like, I want in, yeah. you know, so it's yeah. a culture thing. Uh-huh, for sure. I was actually talking to someone else in PRSSA on the bus today, and someone overheard us and asked how to get involved. So yeah. it's just really interesting how how important people yeah. know that this is. And not only that, we again, that faculty meeting today we were talking about, we're getting people from other majors that want to be part of Grand PR. And, uh-huh. the, the, you know, in a, in a way we want to make it special for our students. It's our thing. But on the other hand, you know, we need people with different competencies like video editing and graphic design yeah. and, um, and that sort of thing. And, and then the other thing is it's supposed to mimic the real world and that's who you're going to work with in the real world. And so the NSAC team has some more participants and same with Grand PR and, and the organizations. Mm-hmm. So in our major, we have a lot of different electives that we can take and a lot of core classes. One Mm -hmm. of the core classes that you teach actually is advertising and public relations, ethics, and law. Um, How did that class kind of come into fruition, and why do you think it's such an important thing to have as a baseline in our curriculum? Yeah. Well, did you like the class? You had it last year. Yeah, I had it with you. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to me because I was a little worried, I'll be honest with you, when I created it, that it's not going to be a typical class, because what the students like about our class is the experiential learning where you're writing news releases, you're using Cision, you're, you know, putting together plan books and campaigns and working with clients. We have a lot of that, and this is a a more of a traditional college class. But the reason I started it is, again, I pay attention to national trends at the best universities, the best programs, and what employers are saying. And um, a lot of what they were saying is you need to have a stronger element of ethics and law in your curriculum. And there's something called the CEPR, the Commission on Education and Public Relations. Mm -hmm. And about every five or six years, they do this national survey. And it's faculty, but it's also professionals, the people who are going to hire you. And they say, we want people to have an understanding of the law because some of them are making really bad 
uh, decisions. They're, they're doing something that's creative and strategic, but it's going to get us in trouble. Yeah. And then ethics, too, that there have been some huge ethical lapses, and the Council of PR Firms has an ethics program, and International Public Relations Association, and the global, all in PRSA, I mean, all the national professional organizations are pushing this. And I said, we got to teach our students this. So I attended some webinars and then some conference workshops at the conferences I go to and talked to some of the top scholars in the field, and they were, they were very helpful. And I looked at how many credits we can require and blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. some schools have an ethics class and a law class. I put it together in one. Yeah. And that works well because if you remember, the first half's ethics, the second half's law. And the concepts are similar, and if you're if people would be ethical, we wouldn't need a law, but sometimes yeah. people aren't ethical, so then the law um, is there to enforce. And my the feedback from students is that they really enjoy it. They find it mm-hmm. very interesting and helpful. The other reason we started the class is that we always did have a requirement of a philosophy class called Ethics in the Professions. And some students will still take that as an mm-hmm. elect. They now have the choice of that or the yeah. one that I started. Um, but the philosophy class is more philosophical, and it's more on the broader classical theories of ethics, Aristotle, Immanuel Kant. And I, as you know, I touch on that yeah. at the beginning, but then I get more specific to our profession and our professional codes and examples of practice and mm-hmm. ethical issues specifically to advertising and PR. So I wanted to do that. And then there's also a class in law, business law class in the Seidman College, um, but I wanted there, too, to have some laws that are specific to advertising and PR. Yeah. So that's that's how that came about, and so far it's going well. I teach, I'm the only one that teaches it one section a semester with time and growth. I might need to have one of my colleagues um, mm-hmm. teach another section of it. Yeah, because I feel like you can be as creative as you want in our industry, but if it's not legal, then, mm-hmm. of course, you oh, have yeah. to know all of those things that you have to step around. The last thing you want to create is a crisis um, yeah, or a exactly. jail sentence. So, yeah. So there are a lot of um, different classes in our curriculum, but I know that our curriculum and our major as a whole is constantly growing. Are there any other classes or courses or even minors that you would like to see added to our curriculum over time? You mean the university overall? So we already have a major and a minor, mm-hmm. an emphasis in ad and PR. I don't think that within ad PR we're going to do a lot more, but we strongly believe in the liberal arts at Grand Valley, and I think the faculty in ad PR do, uh, because I just talked to an alumni this morning, and she took a job doing business development for a company in Wisconsin that's kind of in the environmental sciences area. Uh-huh. So there again, it, you know, glad you had some baseline science classes. Yeah. But also in ad PR, there's so many things that um, students need to know, a polit- an understanding of politics, you know, how a bill gets passed. And you, so I tell students, you have to decide where do you think you want to work, Maybe take your electives in that area or get a minor. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned business earlier. A lot of our students will minor in business or take electives there. Political science, sociology, philosophy. Um, But new to the university is a digital studies minor. Yeah, I actually picked that up. Oh, good. Yeah, we're talking about changing the Bachelor of Science requirements so that it'll be stats, a comm research class, and a digital studies class Mm -hmm. so that they get, um, you know, as part of the BS degree requirement, um, some analytics and, and digital, um, how to present data in a way that communicates yeah. it clearly to non-techie people. That'd mm-hmm. uh, be perfect for our students. Yeah, for sure. So where do you want to see this program in the next 10 years? Um, I hope it continues on its growth trajectory, uh, but I would, 
the last time I looked at data, it was like 700 students in both the major and the minor. Uh-huh. And we, you know, we're adding some faculty. We're having some retirements in the next few years. And as we grow, I want to add more tenure track who can, so our capacity to do advising and people who bring in specific abilities like media planning, um, art, you know, some of those things. I've got mm-hmm. my core skills, some, some people who are more, you know, new media so that we have full-time people who have, you know, the latest um, skills, experience, ability to teach, research interests that will just strengthen us. But frankly, I don't know that we need um, to grow in number. I think what I'd like to see is grow in quality yeah, so that the sure. students who are majoring, we can just keep raising the bar academically so that our reputation grows, that, boy, you study at Grand Valley, that's a tough major. Not that we just want to be tough, but we want our students to be um, so prepared that when they interview, it's Grand Valley rings a bell and it means something. Mm -hmm. I was at that alumni mixer we had a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I ran into an alumna, and she was from before I was teaching here, so she's been around a while. And she said to me, I only really look at resumes from Grand Valley students when I hire someone in advertising and PR where she works. And I said, I laughed. I said, well, thanks. That's so flattering. You don't have to do that. And she said, no, I'm totally serious because they come in and it's the variety of classes they've had. Um, They're liberal arts educated, but they've also had a full major and they've had so much hands-on learning in the class, internships, that by the time they interview, they've got a portfolio. She says, the other, a lot of the other college students out there, and I won't name names, but they... They've got the concepts, and they took a class, and they took a test, and they did some in-class assignments. But she said it's just not at the level that it is at Grand Valley. Mm-hmm. So speaking of you, we're talking about maybe adding on different professors in different mm-hmm. sections. Can you just give us a brief, um, I guess, definition of the different types of professors there are here? In yeah, that might be confusing to students because it's just whoever's in front of the classroom is a professor. But yeah. So there's tenure-track professors, and they teach three classes a semester, Mm -hmm. and they're expected to also do research and present it at conferences or get published, or it could be creative work, like film video professors might actually do a documentary film or feature film. In ADPR, most of the tenure-track are doing um, academic research. Some of us also um, still practice. But that's a requirement for your job. And then you're expected to advise and do what's called service. So you have to be on a committee. For me, that's being the coordinator. Uh, For Professor Spring, it's being the advisor to NSAC and Ad Club, which is a lot of time. And for Adrian Wallace, it's PRSSA and Uh um, Grand PR, which is a lot of time. And then there's three ranks of tenure track. When you're first hired, you're an assistant professor. And then after approximately seven years and two or three reviews, you go up for tenure and promotion to associate professor. Uh And after another seven years, you meet higher criteria, excellent teaching, demonstration of service, research. Um, You can be promoted to full professor. So a lot of people out there don't know the the difference, but that's that's not just Grand Valley. That's universities all over the place. Mm -hmm. And then we have something called an affiliate professor. So they're like an adjunct, but they're full time. And they teach five classes, Mm -hmm. which is a lot. But they don't have to advise students, they don't have to do service, they don't have to do research. So they quote-unquote just teach. And a lot of them are older, a lot of professional experience, don't have a PhD, but um, they have some teaching experience. And we're actually interviewing to hire someone right now, and and, um, 
they meet that qualification. You know, master's degree, a lot of professional experience have taught at several universities, including here, um, as adjuncts. Now they want to be full time, and then we have a a good what I call the bullpen of adjuncts who have a full time job in the community yeah. doing advertising and PR at corporations. They have their own agency, what have you, and they teach one or two classes a semester on the side. And they drive out from work and they teach a night class or a yeah. late afternoon class for us. And that, I think, that's typical of most universities. And it, you'd like to say it'd be nice to have all full-timers. But I think it helps us, you know, budget-wise, it'd be expensive to have more full-timers. But also I think it's good for students. You have somebody who's coming right out of the trenches every day. That's how I started. I was an adjunct. Yeah. I taught seven different classes over four or six years and... That's what I decided. I really like this. I want to do it full time, but I brought stuff from work into class every day. So, mm-hmm. so I feel like our major doesn't really focus on going into teaching. I feel like a lot of the people that I run into in my in the professional world don't wouldn't really think of teaching an ad and PR class. How was that transition for you as into mm-hmm. an adjunct professor and then into just getting more and more involved? And would you? I guess recommend it to someone who might be interested in teaching. Yeah, well, it's not emphasized at an undergraduate level anywhere because people get a bachelor's degree to go into the profession, you know, to practice, Uh usually. There have been a few students who um, thought, long-term, I want to be a college professor. Um, I I teach in our graduate program, too, and we're actually going to have a meeting about that in a couple weeks of having two tracks. Most of our master's students right now work a full-time job, and that's why all our grad classes are at night. They, they get a master's yeah. degree. A lot of them, they had a background in, like, journalism, and now they're doing PR, and they want a master's in comm to figure out what they're doing. Or they had a comm undergrad, but they just want to ramp up their ability and see comm more from a management perspective. And So some of those have gone on to Ph.D. programs, and I've, uh-huh. I've written recommendations for them. Um, but at the undergrad level, that doesn't happen so often. Um, I'm happy to talk to students who are thinking of it long-term. My advice would be to get the degree, get some experience, and then go back to grad school because I think, and you would probably agree, um, everybody who's teaching in our program has some experience. Um, For me, I started teaching full-time when I was late 30s, early 40s, so I had, you know, a decade and a half full-time experience in the mm-hmm. field, and that still serves me well. Things have changed, but I still have that perspective to draw on. I know what it's like, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that would be my advice, you know, get some experience and then um, get a master's. And these days, to be a tenure track, it's it's minimum of um, a Ph.D. to mm-hmm. be on a tenure track. You have a master's degree to be an affiliate. And really an adjunct. Our accreditation says our adjunct instructors have to have a master's degree unless they're maybe accredited in PR and have 20 years of experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just find it interesting, I guess, someone going into teaching at a college level in something that's not, I guess... um, a topic that you would normally teach, or you oh, would like normally math think or English or something, right? In. Yeah, so I find it interesting how people are, do want to teach that, and mm-hmm. I think it's great that we have people who are still in the profession, constantly learning, teaching us. That. Yeah, well, I never had that aspiration. So, the short story for me is, I got a bachelor's in journalism. I practiced that for a while. I 
transitioned for a number of reasons, like a lot of journalists, into PR, and I realized I need to know more. So I got my master's degree in organizational uh-huh. communication. And then after I got that, I got a job here at Grand Valley doing media relations for the university. And they found found out, oh, he has a master's degree, and I was accredited in PR and a member of PRSA. And, hey, can you teach a class for us? Yeah. So it came to me. It presented itself to me. And then in doing it, I realized I really like this. And I met some of the full-time profs, and I thought, oh, that might be an option for me. So it was totally backdoor for me. And that's the way it happens to a lot of professors, in a, like you say, in a field like advertising and PR. Kids in high school might think, I want to be a college professor. I want to be a math professor or an English professor. Yeah. But they don't think of a professor in a professional field because it isn't really that obvious that you can do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about yeah. this. I learned a lot about the program that I'm a part of. Yeah, good. Yeah. Would you like to leave us with anything? Um, just how impressed I am with our students and, uh, we all work very hard, but, um, the motivation, we try to motivate the students, but the students motivate us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think as we continue to go forward, a lot of our relationships in the community and with alumni. So when you graduate, don't forget us. Um, that's what really helps the program go. I talk to alumni increasingly. I've been, I've been here long enough now that I know a lot of our graduates and, um, LinkedIn and things like that help. But if they keep in touch, that's so good to connect them to current students. And um, where can we keep in contact with you and keep up with what you're doing? Oh, thanks. Well, go to the School of Com or the AdPR program website. Mm-hmm. And so it's www.gvsu.edu slash SOC for School of Com slash APR for the program page. And there you'll see links to our blog and our social media channels. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and we have a LinkedIn page that we use primarily for alumni. Uh-huh. Um, but that's the best place to see what's going on. All right. And you? Um, I know you have Penning, Penning Inc. and on Twitter and everything. Yeah, Penning Inc. is my, I do a little consulting under that name, Penning Inc. with an I-N-K. So I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. And then I have a blog, gr-pr.blogspot.com, right. um, where I need to do more. I've just yeah. been too busy, but um, blog about issues in public relations. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Hunter. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and make sure to tune in next time for GBSU's PR Hangover with Hunter Buren. Bye.